Coming up. Jesus came at a time when it was customary for folks to go to the synagogue or to the house of worship. It was customary to go to the house of worship. And we sang the song earlier, um, I'm going to wait on you. And we talked about how we're all waiting for something. And Jesus told them what you've been waiting for. <laughs> when he went into the synagogue, is come right now. It's being fulfilled right now in your eyes. And one of the reasons it's important to note that it's important to go to the house of worship because you might miss what you've been waiting for. That's right. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. The birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the most important and impactful birth in human history. Therefore, there are aspects surrounding His birth that every human being should consider as we approach the Christmas season. Join us for the message series as Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn help us dive deeper into these truths. Here's the fourth message in the series, the synchronization of the Savior's birth. We've been uh, talking about this message series entitled The Birth of Our Savior. And so far we've discussed the sensuality of the Savior's birth, the foretelling of the Savior's birth, and the safeguarding of the Savior's birth. And today we need to reflect on the fact that God is the intelligent designer of the universe. He has created everything to work together in harmony. Right. In other words, everything God created, he created in sync mm -hmm. with each with each and everything. Yes. Everything was created to be in sync. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is true even for God's acts that he's performed over time, yeah. that those were in sync. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he synchronized the birth of our Savior to happen at the right time. Amen. The right time. And so today we're going to talk about the synchronization mm -hmm. of our Savior's birth. And in doing so, we must understand, write this down, God the Son is never late. Mm -hmm. He's always on time. God the Son is never late. He's always on time. You know, we usually say this and we just say God is never late. He's always on time. Mm -hmm. And since Jesus is part of the Godhead, right. we can say, we can also say that God the Son is never late. He's always on time. Jesus had to show his friends, Martha and Mary, and some bystanders who are around this truth and everyone else, including you and me, who would read it or who would hear about mm -hmm. how he raised Lazarus from the dead. Right. And in the story, he had to even let his friends know, 
Martha and Mary that he's never late. He's always on time. Amen. Amen. We find this in John 11. John 11, 21, 32, and 37. It says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. <laughs> That's what Martha said to Jesus. You had been here, my brother would not have died. It's implying that you got here too late. Right. <laughs> He's dead now, but if you had gotten here earlier, he would not have died. Mm -hmm. And then later in verse 32, Mary comes along and says the same thing. Look what it says in verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so she said the same thing her sister said, implying that Jesus got there too late. Right. And then some of the bystanders, those that were around at the time, they said in verse 37, but some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind, of the blind man, have kept this man from dying? Hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. They say he done, he done made the blind man see. Can he have kept this man from dying? Mm -hmm. So they're raising questions about it too. Couldn't he have, you know? <laughs> but Jesus was trying to let them know, yeah, I'm going to do even more than that. I'm going to do more than just keeping him from dying. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you something greater. Because Jesus wanted to show them that he is the resurrection. Right. The Messiah and the one who was sent by God. Mm -hmm. And he had come. His birth had happened at a time when it was relevant. And he was on time, even relative to his birth. Amen. And so we know what happened. Instead of keeping Lazarus from dying, he let him die. Yeah, he did. Because he wanted to show them that I can raise the dead. I can bring life where there's death. Mm -hmm. He wanted to tell the world. He wanted Mary and Martha to know it. He wanted the bystanders to know it. And he wanted everyone else in the whole world to know yeah. that he has the power to bring life where there's death. Mm -hmm. And they said to Jesus, Massa, he'd been dead four days <laughs> when he told them to roll the stone away. And he's he been dead four days. He said, if you if 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 you just believe, then you will see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus, Jesus says, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go far and beyond what you expect. I'm gonna yeah. show you something here. I want everybody to know it. Mm -hmm. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2 tells us. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun, under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die. Yes, amen. And so we know this even about Jesus's life, that there was a time for him to be born and there was a time for him to die. Mm -hmm. 
And we know between his death, his birth and his death, Jesus had a lot of things to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and all that he did was synchronized with God's plans for the world. Amen. Yes, it was. And look what it says here in Galatians chapter four, verses four through five. But when the right time came, when the right time came, y'all, mm -hmm. God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Amen. So God sent his son at the very right time. Mm -hmm. At the right time. At the right time for us. For us. Mm -hmm. And so God uh, was telling us that his his timing is perfect, and it always is perfect. Always is perfect. No matter what we think about it, mm -hmm. his timing is always perfect. And Jesus' birth, which we're approaching, which we're in a celebration season of, yes. came at the right time. Mm -hmm. And these are things we need to reflect on as we approach Christmas Day, that Jesus came at the right time. And it wasn't the right time. He came to buy freedom for us. And it wasn't, he, he didn't come because it was the cheapest time to buy the freedom. Mm. You know, no, no. The, the, the cost of freedom for us never changes. Because mm -hmm. God never changed. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's expensive and it will always be expensive. Mm -hmm. No matter what's going on, Jesus paid the price for our freedom. And he paid it for um, our freedom from our own sins, past, present, and future of everybody who's ever lived on the earth. Yeah. When he paid that price, it was sufficient to cover all sin of all time. It never changed, and the cost of freedom never changes. And so we see, so we we his his the the cost that he paid for freedom is not based on our cost of living. Hmm. In fact, we probably should say that uh, the cost he paid for us was for us to receive life, eternal life, as the atonement for our sin. Right. Right. And it had nothing to do with inflation. It had nothing to do with the cost of living. Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection paid for our sin. Amen. And that will always be the cost for our sin. Amen. And so it's incumbent upon us, upon every human being, if they want life, if they want eternal life to accept the cost that Jesus paid for it. There's no other way to it mm -hmm. but to accept the cost. Nobody else could pay it. Right. It was a debt that we all oh, we all had and we couldn't pay. So I want to tell you and encourage you, if you haven't yet said yes to Jesus Christ, 
This is that is the most important thing you could ever do in your life. Ever do. And ever teach your kids. And to ever do. teach your kids to do and your grandkids That's to right. do. That's right. That is the most important thing you can ever do. Look what it says in 1 Timothy 2, 5, and 6. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time time amen amen i like it you you pointed this out i believe last week like he says here in um verse six he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone yes he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone but not everybody will accept him that's right so that not everyone can say they're a child of god that's right man and thank you for saying for reflecting reminding us of that that we talked about last week because mm -hmm. Um, it's important that we understand that though he paid the price, it's just like, you know, uh, somebody buy something for you or they they buy you a ticket to the Warriors game and it's on call. You know, the ticket is already paid for. All you got to do is show up. If you show up and tell them, hey, I, there's a ticket reserved in my name or however they do it, then they they see it and then they let you in. Right. But if you never show up. And you don't get to see the game. Now, who ain't showing up for a Warriors game? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Sacramento fans. Uh, 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 oh, 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 you know what? I, I don't know if they on today. No, we'll have to tell them later. I don't think they're. They, I don't think they in 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 the in the, the online community. Today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you got to show up. You got to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I and I, I accept that you pay for this. And I accept Jesus as the propitiation for my sins. And I ask that you forgive me. And I ask him to come into my life, into my world and, and take control of it. And we'll you talk about that more at the end of this message, like we do every message. Right. But I want to put it on your mind right now that. Christ paid it all, but you can't benefit for, for, for what he purchased for you. You can't get the freedom that he's purchased from sin and hell unless you accept it mm -hmm. and give him your life. That's what it takes to do it. Amen. So we're going to talk about, write this down. Some reasons we know our Savior's birth was synchronized. Mm -hmm. Some reasons we know our Savior's birth was synchronized. The first is there was relative social order in the world. Mm -hmm. When God ordained Jesus to be born at the right time, he, it was a time when there was social order in the world. Luke 2, 1 and 3 through 6 says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. So I want to pause right here for a moment. So we see now that during that time of Jesus's birth, 
Caesar Augustus was ruling the Roman Empire. So it was the time of the rule of the Roman Empire, and it's telling us who was the king or at the time, who was the Caesar at the time, gave us names. So now we can, we can connect this scripture to secular history. Yeah. And see when it line when it lines up. And we see the Bible is not just it, it's talking about what has happened in human history. Mm -hmm. So we can go back and look at human history and see when was Caesar Augustus right. ruling the Roman Empire. Right. It all lines up. It all lines up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And look what happened in that time. He issued a decree to have a census. Now, if there was social upheaval at this time, that wouldn't be a time to call for a census because people had to take action. And we're going to see as we read through the passage, they had to take action and go register. Mm -hmm. And so with, with there was disorder in the, in the society at the time, that wouldn't have been a time for people to be even be able to do it mm -hmm. so that you can get an accurate reading of who's who, right. who's alive, what the people that are here. So this is an example that there was social order. Verse three goes on and read, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Um, and so he went, verse five, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Mm -hmm. So you guys see, we got a definite time in history here. During the time of Caesar Augustus ruling the Roman Empire, a time when he asked and called for a census. And then... Uh, Joseph and Mary had to journey to Bethlehem. And while they were there, she the baby came. Yeah. Baby Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, just imagine that. Just, just go on a little journey with me here, ladies. It's like, okay, you're very pregnant. You know, you're about ready. <laughs> and you traveling? <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it, we're not talking about smooth limousine traveling. No, we're not talking about motorhome, SUV kind of traveling. Mm -hmm. We're talking about, you know, camels, <laughs> donkeys. Yeah, that's what and, they were used to at the time. And your feet. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we talk about. And you're very pregnant. You're about ready and you had to go. So he took his very pregnant Dealing wife. The weather too. The weather, all of that. Yeah. This wasn't an easy thing, but they were doing what... He took his wife and he didn't have no reservations. You know? <laughs> he took me nowhere and I have no reservations now. <laughs> so that's just something to think about. Amen. And so they went on this journey and it was hard. Mm -hmm. And so uh and and uh and so they had this this happen during a time of relative social order in the world. Uh, the Roman Empire being the center of the world. Yeah. And so, and so uh, Mary 
and Joseph was inconvenienced by this, this call by Caesar to go and register at this time. But they did what they were told to do. And the other thing um, that I just want to remind you of that, that in this first Christmas time, uh, that if people were journeying to go back to where they had to register and all of that, that meant there was some degree of traffic. Yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. people were moving around, you know. Yeah. So we we deal with traffic around Christmas time new, not for the same reason though. <laughs> but for right. some other reasons, right. we right. we have to deal with traffic during this time. Yeah. And so just when you when you're stuck in traffic while you're out there, just think, yeah, Mary and Joseph, who was <laughs> very pregnant, was dealing with traffic too. Mm -hmm. Just tell yourself that to make yourself feel a little bit better about it anyway. <laughs> we spoil now. Yeah, I, I often have to remind myself. What Jesus did to for me, yeah, you know, because we have so many conveniences nowadays, and I'm like, you know what, I can suffer through this little inconvenience for all that He's done for me. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that's good, dear. Mm -hmm. The second reason that we know our Savior verse was synchronized is that there were many places of worship throughout the land mm -hmm. during that time. Luke four fifteen through twenty one says. And this is speaking of Jesus. And of course, this is when he had started his public ministry. So he's 30 plus, you know, 30 plus years old. Mm -hmm. He was teaching in their synagogues and he and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue and was as was his customs custom. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to pause right there for a moment now though he has now the baby Jesus is an adult Jesus. Now mm -hmm. this is still reflective of the lifestyle and the culture of the time. They still had synagogues. So he was born during a time where there were a lot of places of worship. Yeah. Okay. A lot of places of worship. And this was the time in which Jesus, I mean, God ordained for him to come in. So then when he starts his public ministry, He's now is custom, is his custom to go to the houses of worship. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Jesus came at a time where it was customary right. to right. go to the houses of worship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he did that when he started his public ministry. Yeah. And then it reads on as he was in one of the synagogues, he stood up and read. At verse 17, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. <laughs> so you see here, you see the blessing here, the beauty here, that God ordained him to 
to be born in the, in a time where there was a lot of places of worship, Jesus was used to going to the places of worship. Yeah. And then when he was in his public ministry, mm-hmm. he goes in, reads prophecy about oh. himself. <laughs> That's deep, y'all. That's <laughs> about deep. himself. And he tells these listening ears, mm-hmm. Today, this prophecy from from the book of Isaiah Mm -hmm. is fulfilled in your eyes right now today. Right now. Drop the mic. (laughs) Drop the mic. Yes. And just imagine, imagine you being in the house of worship in a relative time of social order and someone comes in gives a word and says this prophecy is fulfilled Mm -hmm. just imagine if you were there at the time yeah how that would impact you it's like okay we've been reading this for years Mm -hmm. about it's going to happen you're telling me that is happening right right now like i'm the fulfillment of this prophecy yes yes and that the the that you you good news is for the poor so this tells us that there were some poor people at the time mm-hmm. he says that this was to proclaim the freedom of prisoners and receive receive and recovery side of the blind so there were prisoners at the time yeah. there were blind people at the time and there were oppressed people at the time people who needed god's favor mm-hmm. that was in the culture at the time yeah and Jesus says, it's here now. Amen. Just imagine if you were one of the oppressed people, if you were one of the ones who was blind, if you were one of the ones who was poor, this message was profound. Mm-hmm. Yes. And God sent him at the right time Amen. to fulfill this scripture in their hearing. Amen. Beautiful synchronization. Mm-hmm of his birth and his life. God did that. Jesus came at a time when it was customary for folks to go into the synagogue or to the house of worship. Mm -hmm. It was customary to go to the house of worship. Mm -hmm. And we sang the song earlier, um, I'm going to wait on you. And we talked about how we're all waiting for something. Right, right. And Jesus told them what you've been waiting for (laughs) when he went into the synagogue is come right now. It's being fulfilled right now in your eyes. This is what you've been waiting for. I come to set the captives free to, 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 um, to, to the prisoners free to the blind to see. And one of the reasons it's important to note that it's important to go to the house of worship because you might miss what you've been waiting for. That's right. If you're not there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We say we're waiting on the Lord, but we don't always put ourselves in position to receive what we say we're waiting for. Yeah. We say we're waiting on the Lord and we want God to bless us. And, and God's saying that, look, I've, I've said in my word, I want you to gather together. I want you to go to church. Yeah. You're not even doing that. Yeah. That could be where your blessing is. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we just yeah. expect God just to find us and that's not no responsibility to do something to be in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we want to be, and we talk from here, we'd say, we want to do what God is blessing. Right. Not asking God to bless what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be aware of what's happening and try to be in the presence of God so that we can see what God is blessing. Amen. The third reason that we know the Savior's birth was synchronized is peace was a priority of the government and the people at the time. Because um, there had been uh, many civil wars that was going on at the time. Here, look what it says here in Acts 21, 30 and 32. It says the whole city was aroused and the people came running from all directions, seizing Paul. They dragged him from the temple and immediately the gates were shut. All right, let's pause for a second just to give context. So now this is Paul who had used to be Saul, who's now Paul after his Damascus experience after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so this is what we're looking at. So we're looking at at Jesus's birth, his life happened, he was crucified, he resurrected, and then Paul met the resurrected Christ on the road to Damascus. And now Paul was converted. Yeah. And what we're getting a reflection of is what was happening in that time, which was reflective of even what happened with of the culture when Christ was born. Mm-hmm. And so, so it tells us that they seized Paul and dragged him from the temple. Mm-hmm. And they closed the gates. And then verse 31 says, while they were trying to kill him, news reached the commander of the Roman troops that the whole city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. Okay, we already determined that Jesus came during the Roman Empire. And so we see now, we saw Jesus in the synagogue, um, in the in teaching, and we see now Paul's in there, mm-hmm. and they dragged him out of the temple. And we see also there were Roman troops around. Yeah. The whole, and then, and so there's this uproar because they're, trying to kill Paul. And then the Roman soldiers got wind of it, not because they was on social media and and somebody posted something. No, they they found out about it because they were in close proximity. The Roman soldiers were intermingled amongst the crowds of people Mm -hmm. and they were visible and seen. Their, 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 Their presence was known. That's how they were able to hear about this. And so verse 32 tells us uh, he had once took some, the Roman commander, he had once took some officers and soldiers and they ran down to the crowd. So they heard about it. They're trying to kill Paul. The soldiers were in proximity. They responded. They ran down to the crowd. Mm -hmm. And then it says, when the rioters saw the commander and his soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Because they were in cross proximity. So we see that the fact that the Roman soldiers were so intermingled and present and and, um, nearby Mm -hmm. that this was a a signal that they were trying to keep peace 
The fact that they responded to the uproar, the fact that the people stopped when they got there was a signal that they were trying to keep peace in the in society at the time. Yeah. And so this is when Christ came into the world at a time where the government was it was important for peace. And as I said earlier, prior to this, there had been a lot of civil wars. So they the people were used to war. And when Caesar Augustus came into came in, he um, strengthened the army and made the soldiers available. And then he it was a, things had really calmed down. They were in peace now. Yeah. And so Jesus came in into this culture where there was peace. And so now he was able to communicate to them that he was the Prince of Peace. He was able to exhibit all these characteristics because the culture was at peace. Another reason we know it was the right time. Look what it says here in Luke 7, 1 through 5. When Jesus had finished saying all of this to the people, and we're going back to Jesus's life now. Mm -hmm. And when he, when he had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion servant, centurion servant whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So now we're getting a reflection of the fact that the centurion servants, which was a Roman soldier, mm -hmm. had relationships with Jewish elders, giving us another reflection of the society at the time and how there were peace and harmony amongst the people and the soldiers to the extent that the elders vouched for this Roman soldier, the centurion soldier who had a hundred soldiers under him. Yeah. They vouched for him and said, you should go do something for him. And they said that because he's built a synagogue for us. He's built a house of worship for us. Mm -hmm. So we see the relationship between the people and the Roman soldiers is strong. And so gives us another reflection of the culture at the time in the society, yeah. that there was peace. Mm -hmm. And Jesus was born in this time. So he was able to communicate and show the world and teach the world who he was mm -hmm. and do his miracles and all that stuff because there was a degree of peace. Amen. Amen. The right time. Mm -hmm. The fourth reason we know that Jesus's birth uh, came at the, was synchronized was there was an intellectual platform for Christ to leverage. There was an intellectual platform for Christ to leverage. The predominant language at the time was, was Greek. And this was due to the influence of the Greek empire. And um, what had happened was uh, Alexander the Great, we talked last week about the Persian empire, if you recall. Mm -hmm. And um, we were talking about Esther, 
and how Haman wanted to kill all the Jews. Mm -hmm. When we talked about how uh, God has safeguarded the birth of Christ. And this was during the Persian empire where Haman wanted to kill all the Jews. And so now we're fast forwarding in time. Mm -hmm. And now we're with the Greek empire because Alexander the Great had conquered the Persian empire for Greece. Then we move from the Greek empire empire to the Roman empire because the Roman empire conquered the Greek empire. Mm -hmm. And so we're fast forwarding here. And the influence of the Greek culture, though the Roman empire was in control, the influence of the Greek culture was still present. Yeah. It was greatly present because they had some great thinkers like Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. Mm -hmm. Folks, we hear you, we hear you hear about in your history classes. And they had some great thinkers. So a lot of the the Greek and the intellectual side of the Greek empire was still, still remained, even to the extent that the Old Testament had been written, which was originally written in Hebrew, had been translated to Greek at this time. And it's called the Septuagint. So that's how influential the Greek empire or the intellectual side of the Greek empire was at the time. And so in that time, look what happened here in Acts 17, 22 through 24. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, again, we're looking at post-resurrection. People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. (laughs) Okay, so, (laughs) and then Paul goes on to say, for I, as I walk around and looked carefully at your objects of worship. So here you see, this was a religious society, but they were being religious about not the right things. (laughs) So Christ came for them to shift their thinking at a time for them to change their religiosity toward the true God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is when Christ came, which one of the reasons that we know it was synchronized. And Paul is describing it here. He says again, for as I walk around and look carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with the inscriptions to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. Mm. So Paul, as a minister, an apostle of Jesus Christ, is now telling these religious folks, y'all doing the wrong thing in your religiosity, Mm -hmm. that the God, the true God, he doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't live in these objects that you've made. Mm -hmm. That's not him. And he doesn't live in temples built by human hands. And so God was, uh, Paul was telling them that their gods was ineffective Mm -hmm. and that you needed to believe in Jesus Christ. This is part of the reason they dragged him out of the temple before because he was giving them the gospel. Mm-hmm. So Jesus came when people needed to shift their religiosity 
from these worshiping these gods, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. these created gods, these idols. Mm -hmm. Says you need to know that I'm the one true God. And he came at that time. Amen. And then the fifth reason we know that his birth was synchronized was that there were parkways for travel. Mm -hmm. There were parkways for travel. Acts 8, 26 says, now an angel of the, of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Mm -hmm. So we see here that there was a road in the desert. <laughs> Who does that? Who builds roads in the desert, right? This was saying something that in Jesus came at a time where there was infrastructure for travel. What this affords is his messaging, the messages about him, the travel of the people about him, and all of that. He came at a time where that message could get around to the extent that they built this road in the desert, which was about 40 miles long. Mm -hmm. um, from Jerusalem to Gaza, this afforded the news about Christ to be better spread because they had set these, this infrastructure up. Yeah. Christ came when that infrastructure was set. Amen. And then the last reason that I'm going to give for you, there's many other reasons, but that Christ's birth was synchronized. The sixth reason Ethnic diversity existed with the people. Ethnic diversity existed with the people. And we see that after Jesus was resurrected and the, on the day of Pentecost, then the day of Pentecost came, it says in Acts 2, 7 through 11, utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, and Phrygia, and Pamphylia, and Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Jew Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. And this is descriptive of that the time in which Jesus came, even though this incident is after his resurrection, is speaking that there was diversity amongst the people. And so the message of Christ was able to disseminate to many people groups at the time in which Christ came. Amen. This is another reason we know his birth, his life and death was synchronized. And we thank God for it. And for someone listening today, this message for you might be synchronized. Perfect time for you to hear that Christ's birth as we approach this Christmas day, that his the first Christmas, God synchronized it at the right time. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes. 
to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Thank you for listening.